on tech and i am eagle falcon we got a that's kind of a weird week this week you know a lot of the news is still currently repeating the same information over and over and over again regarding specter and meltdown a lot of things in my personal life are getting in the way of my ability to research unique stories. I haven't had enough time to go and do a whole lot of this and that. But, um... Let me just quickly give you a little bit of a sneak as to what we're going to be talking about. And then we're going to just jump right into it, alright? So, we've got... We have, we have a few... We have a few choice words about the new... Twitch video features. A couple of... Interesting reports from CNET. I have... Kind of a report I've been... Reluctant to share about Twitter. But first, I just want to start with... A little bit of an update as far as... How things are going to be going... In the near future. Alright. For the next couple of weeks. Eagle Eyes on Tech's focus. Is going to be kind of veering a little bit away. From the tech news. And focusing a little bit more on. Things you can do with computer hardware. Such as, like, budget gaming builds, what the minimum cost of entry would be for setting up a streaming system. The main reason for this being is that, A, these are guides that are highly requested of someone with my level of tech knowledge. And also, because if you haven't been paying attention during the ad segment, I do have a panel coming up at Anime Milwaukee, about getting into streaming. So it only makes sense that I work on these guides, and then also, since there's stuff that has been requested on the podcast, I share it on the podcast. It just makes sense. On top of that, a lot of the tech news recently, although there are some new stuff, and I will be introducing a whole lot of stuff that is new when it comes up, Like, I would say 90% of what I dug through today was the same stuff I shared last week. Here, I will give you a quick summary of all the tech news that I got over these last few days. Alright? Here's the brief summary. Spectre and Meltdown are bad, and there's no good, pure fix yet. I mean, that's it. That was 80% of the stories I went through. There's a couple others. CNET had a couple of talking about uh, senators, specifically Republican senators and their opinions on net neutrality. That's just... Uh, that's not tech news, that's just blatant political nothing. And that's not something I want to bring to my audience. That's just, that's nothing. A tech outlet trying to play the role of political media is not tech news. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about tech. Specifically focused uh, towards gaming and broadcast since those are the areas that I specialize in and that's what most of my audience is interested in. I mean, literally, I have, not even kidding, one, two, three, four, five, six, 
seven, eight. Eight stories that were deemed worthy. Let that sink in. Now, granted, a lot of PC purrs were, hey, look, there's this new power supply. Here's how it is. Or there's this new computer case. And, and that doesn't make for good audio production. It just doesn't. Me telling you that here's a box, it's pretty. <laughs> that's, not, that's not good. That's not good. As they'd say, radio, except it's podcasting, not radio. So, enough of that. Let's jump right in, shall we? So, first off, this has been a notification that has been spreading around Discord lately. I think I've seen this in three of the various Discord servers I'm part of. The copy-paste reads as follows. Yesterday, a known security vulnerability, parentheses, CVE-2018-1001, affecting Windows users of Electron-based programs like Discord, was made public. Electron itself has been patched, and some apps based on it Skype and Slack have already been patched. AFAIK Discord has not yet been patched, nor have they admitted that they suffer from it. The scope of the vulnerability is Windows, not Linux or Mac users who have installed Discord Desktop can click a crafted URL, which can cause do- which can cause download and execution of malicious of malicious code on computers. Scope of the damage, malicious code could in turn read users' data, encrypt it, or farm passwords, bank details, credit cards, or other personal data that has not been encrypted and the rest sent to other parties. You should not click on any trusted links. Do not allow web pages to open Discord. And do not allow web pages to open the Discord app. Fixed. There is no fix at this time. Presumably, Discord will incorporate the update, the updated client in a later time. This is an electron based. Any other electron app may also be affected. A list of all known electron based apps are available here, and then it lists a link. Note that this lists all the apps, not a list of vulnerable apps. My insight. Oh, I'm sorry. That concludes the copy paste. Alright? That's what the copy-paste says. And it's been spreading around discords. And of course, you talk about a vulnerability like this and it raises panic. The thing, though, is that... Do the math, genius. You shouldn't be clicking on links you don't know anyway. That's just keeping your computer safe 101. It doesn't take a genius to figure that out. Now, on this very same server that I just listed from, we do have a member of the Discord coding staff in that same server. My inside contact has confirmed... That this copy-paste is completely bogus. It's not bogus in the fact that this exploit exists. It does, but not in Discord. At the time of the posting of this copy-paste, it declares that Discord has not been patched. My inside contact confirmed at the time it was posted that Discord was patched two weeks ago.
In addition, I mean, yeah. Quote from the contact, I can't figure out how to get relevant version numbers, but the latest is patched. It was rolled simultaneously to Stable, PTB, and Canary. So, once again, update yourself. Make sure you have your Discord updated. In addition, there was a major Discord update recently that did reveal a whole bunch of new features. Let me actually quickly get that patch version because I actually forgot. In my rush to get everything done, to have grabbed it. Let me quickly get... I know, um, I know our contact made... I know my contact... There it is. I got the changelog here. Alright, so... The new... So, on, on the same note of Discord updates, here's the, here's the latest changelog. Alright? New features. While subscribed to... All subscribe to Nitro. You can choose any available Discord tag for your account. Be the four-digit integer you always wanted to be, unless unless someone else already has it. Alright, so if you are a Discord Nitro subscriber, that you pay them that I think it's like $5 a month, the four-digit number that's after your username, you can select what that is, assuming it's not already taken. We have also updated our codec to Optus 1.2. Experience the auto experience better than you've ever experienced it before. They have also fixed an audit log crash viewing entries that referred that referenced a deleted channel. Mods across the world rejoice. Tidied up some translation issues with certain characters being weird. The weirdness has been removed. Bug fix o'clock. Animated emojis are now supported on your phone. Move and groove to the emotional mood. You can now set a GIF avatar on Android. They also broke out the, quote, Mega Bug Swatter 90,010 and squashed a whole bunch of bugs. Whole bunch of bugs on both iOS and Android expect more, better, and less bad. So, you'll notice in this change log, the bug I talked about isn't listed. And that's because this copy pasta that's going around is BS! This was hotfixed long ago. So, my point is, is that... If you see anyone posting that the security vulnerability CVE-2018... What is this number with the commas? One million and six is what it would be if commas were in there, but I don't have that. If you see anyone talking about that and saying, oh my god, Discord isn't patched this, they patched it long ago. It's just that this copy-paste is making the rounds. And it's kind of being weird. So, and so let's move on. I'll about some Twitch news, shall we? As of January 25th, two days ago, as of the time of this recording, PayPal has been added as a, met, as a method of paying for bits in Australia, Brazil, Canada, Hong Kong, Japan, Mexico, New Zealand, Russia, Singapore, South Korea, Taiwan, and Thailand. Why is this noteworthy? I mean, okay, that, that's good. M more features are coming out to more remote areas. Here's the thing that's kind of surprising. Okay? I get that trying to get some of these features to places like Japan, Hong Kong, New Zealand, Russia, South Korea, Singapore, all sort of areas, I mean, that's, that's kind of difficult, especially ta Taiwan and Thailand. Alright, because you've got to now go through, tweak this and that. You've got to get PayPal in those areas on board and conform with those countries' laws. 
how has Canada ended up on the short list of this? <laughs> I mean, as as far as payment laws goes, they're almost as open as the United States or the UK. Canada didn't get it until the third wave? What? I'm very curious as to what happened there. I mean, okay, Australia, Brazil, Hong Kong, Japan, Mexico, New Zealand, Russia, Singapore, South Korea, Taiwan, Thailand. Yeah, I, I could see those being kind of a little wonky. But Canada? Really? <laughs> anyway, Sean, the chat has also confirmed that you can now buy bits on mobile through Google Play over in the UK. So that's good to know. He also informed me that uh, Mr. Meeseeks in my Discord felt it was unnecessary to announce that I was live. And sure enough, Meeseeks did... Wow. Meeseeks actually did not announce I was live until... 30 minutes after I went live. That's incredible. <laughs> terrible bot. Just terrible. Anyway. Right. We're going to take a quick breather here. Alright. A, a little bit of an ad break. Just, and you already know what the ad's going to be. It's me talking about Amkey. When we get back... I need to talk about a Twitter story that I've admittedly been trying to avoid for a while. It was on the chat said there's still no ad watching for bits in the UK still. Let, let me actually talk let me actually address that for a little bit. I don't think ad watching for bits is going to be coming to other countries for a very, very long time. And there's one big reason for it. Five American cents per ad view is a steep price. I mean, it really is. I mean, and that's the minimum. Keep in mind that. Normally on other... Normally when you look at other ad revenue sources, you're talking a cent tops to fractional cents per ad view. To award five cents is unheard of for one single ad view. Now that might not be the case if you look at something like say the say a a big television event like the Super Bowl or something like that where where an ad slot there can be millions of dollars when they expect millions of viewers that almost gets closer to like 50 cents or a dollar per ad view the thing is is that now you're talking about not only the conversion of a foreign currency to bits where the bits is basically the equivalent of one bit being an American cent. Well, actually, it's the equivalent of 1.4 cents per bit. Then you convert that to a foreign currency in which the American dollar is strong against a lot of currency, but not all of them, don't get me wrong. I mean, you're, I mean, let's let's take the UK example. I don't know how much bits are in the UK. Like what one like what one British pound would get you in bits. 
But to say that, like, to expect an ad company to pay, like, over three pence per view is a little absurd. And I think that's a lot of the problem. Plus, in the end, the way Amazon's doing it, it's a loss leader. The whole point of ads for bits in the U.S. is to whet your appetite. It's like, get you those hundred bits, only to have some other guy who actually shelled out ten dollars drop a thousand bits. And you're just like, oh, but I need to beat that. And then you open up your wallet to, to compete with that. I mean, it's a lost leader in the first place. Aoshaw tried to check for me how much... how What the bit per British pound is currently, and unfortunately cannot tell at the moment, so... I cannot bring you that information at this time, and I really don't feel like setting up a proxy server to a UK to a UK computer to go find out at this current time. Especially since it was, this was a topic that just came up out of the blue. Anyway. Like I said, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the undercover Twitter video that actually isn't that big a deal. Alright, we do finally have the official word regarding the starting your Twitch career panel at MA Milwaukee. It is confirmed to be at high noon central time at the convention center room 100AB. Day one, right at one of the big double rooms. So, I mean, it's, I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, worried about that. The fact that I have kind of one of the bigger rooms for my, my little panel. But at the same time, it is right at the beginning. So, Right after the opening ceremonies, I go on in one of the one of the bigger rooms with my Twitch panel. I hope to see any of the any of you who can make it there, and I'll answer any questions you've got. Hopefully, I won't screw it up too badly. Kind of like this announcement, which I definitely screwed up. This week has been nothing but repeat news about Meltdown Inspector with no new actual news. And there's been a lot of misinformation that people have been spreading because of the source this comes from. Alright? Here's the title. Hidden camera, hundreds of Twitter employees paid to view Everything you post online, including private, quote, sex messages. Unjust Banana also does point out, I just saw, I just realized it. That bigger room means more, it's going to be a more empty room. Yeah, for the purposes of the panel, I'm not going to lie, I'm expecting a low turnout. Because the slot right after the opening ceremonies, it's not a very popular slot. (laughs) 
It's gonna be like the diehards show up to the opening ceremony, and then they go to get their. They're gonna go get, get their whatever. Probably hit the dealer hall right away. So, I'm ex- I'm not expecting a big turnout. It's gonna be like, if the room's even half full, I will be shocked. All right, so let's actually talk about th- let's let's go back to this thing the hidden, the hidden camera video. Let's talk about the source this comes from. This comes from an organization known as Project Veritas. Project Veritas is not a neutral organization by any stretch of the imagination. They are a political action group aimed at the politically far to the right. Alright? So, this is why you should... Take a look at any of this with a bowl of salt nearby, alright? It's important at moments like this you do know the biases of the source when going through it, alright? Here's basically the lowdown of the video. And I wanted to... go through and play chunks of the video, but I didn't have a chance to... Well, because I was filtering through so many stories that are just repeats, I didn't have a chance to set this up to be recorded by the software. Alright, so I can't play you chunks of it. Plus, I have to bleep words out. Because, I mean, saying the word sex is kind of uh, flirting with what's considered explicit and what's not. That's, like, I'm not crossing that line. Alright? I mean, it, it, it is what it is. So... Here's basically where it goes. This video was, uh, this video pretty much focused on five employees, five Twitter employees, including one lead engineer of Twitter. The lead engineer's name is Clay Haynes. And that's the one the video mainly focuses on. Alright? And the people who shot this hidden camera video pretty much catch them in a, in a situation where they're in a bar, they're casually talking about their work. Anyone's been there. Alright? And it's kind of taken to the extreme. But... The thing that is pointed out is that the Twitter employees do have access to your direct messages. This honestly should not be that surprising. It really shouldn't be. But here's some here's some of the quotes, and I'll clean them up as, as much as possible. From Clay Haynes, there's teams dedicated to it. At least three or four hundred people. They are paid to look at Do I do I say the word or not? They are paid to look at dick pics. We'll just screw it. I'll just put an explicit warning on the podcast version.
Pranesai, Twitter engineer, all your sex messages, dick pics, and all the girls you've been bleeping around with, they're on my server now. Everything you send is stored on my server. You can't delete it. It's already on my server. You're paying for the right to use our website with our with your data, basically. Chat is already trying to come up with clever ways I could have cleaned that up, but I think any way I would have cleaned that up would have just made it sound worse. Or at least dumber. Like, probably my personal favorite right now is from Aoshaw in the chat, Richard Photos, instead of Dick Pics. You leak way more information than you think. Like, if you go to Twitter for the first time, we have information about you. Now, let's be real honest here for a minute. I hate to break it to you if this whole thing is shocking to you, but every single freaking social media works like this! Yeah, they all do. This isn't surprising. Now, here's the thing you want to be clear about. Here, here's why I brought this up. A, people are being surprised by this. And they shouldn't be. But B, for whatever reason, because of the source this information came from, because it came from Project Veritas, people are going around spreading rumors that because of this video, it is definitive proof that Twitter is trying to politically censor people. That's not the case. Give me a break. Nowhere in, in any of this is that mentioned. Nowhere even in the Project Veritas article is that mentioned. Now, Twitter did make a response saying that everything that was in the Veritas photo is... That everything in the Veritas video is false, none of it's true, etc., 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 And really the only thing that is of major note here, and the only thing I actually believe in Twitter's response is, quote, the individuals depicted in this video were speaking in a personal capacity and do not represent or speak for Twitter. And I agree with that 100%. They videotaped these guys in a bar. I think Everyone has gone to a bar before in the past and talked and talked about the crazy stuff they've seen on the job. I have, you have, everyone has. And sometimes stories get exaggerated. That's possible as well. The main lesson to take away from this is the fact that, guess what? This might be a shock to you, but it shouldn't be. Anything you post on the internet, whether private or not, is more than likely being stored somewhere. Especially in a web-based application like Twitter, like Facebook, like Discord. Like, if it still exists, like MySpace. I can't even say it with a straight face. And the video does go into detail about how people have po posted the most perverted things. Porn stars and hookers using the Twitter service to try and get clients. 
And it's clear, it's all just bar conversation. I don't doubt that any of it does happen. And this shouldn't be a surprise. It really shouldn't be. So, that's the Twitter video. Is it shocking? Yes, but it shouldn't be. Is it a sign that Twitter's out to set to censor a, a one political persuasion over the other? No. Is it definitive proof that Twitter should be regulated? No. Well, maybe a little. I mean, that starts going down the whole net neutrality rabbit hole, which I still think a form of net neutrality should be in place, but everyone is too stupid to agree on the actual core concept of net neutrality, and that's just going down another really ugly rabbit hole that no matter what side of the aisle you're on, it's gross. So, that's that. Let's move on to the Apple HomePod. Yeah, there's something you haven't heard of in a while. Whatever happened to that thing? You know, the Apple Amazon Echo competitor. Or the Google Home competitor. Well, it mostly fell off the radar for one big reason. It's $350, which is absurd for a device like this. Especially when you can get the Amazon Echo for as low as 50 as long as you bring your own speaker. Which, honestly, it's not the worst anyway. The thing, though, I wanted to note about this is that the early reviews that CNET got, a lot of the features aren't even in the HomePod yet. They just aren't. Unjust Banana wanted to one-up me and said he paid $29 for his. To which I say, I am perfectly content with yelling at my phone angrily when it doesn't do anything. Like this. Hey Siri! Hey Siri! What time is it? It's 1.54 p.m. See, it only took me two tries. And I got useless information, and most of the time it doesn't even give me what I want. I'm perfectly happy with my, my system that doesn't work. Anyway, uh, en- enough about ripping on Siri. <laughs> and also triggering every single iPhone user's phone that's listening right now. Sorry, but not sorry. The thing that they said is that about this HomePod is that it's worth it to get two. I have a question. What audio file is going to shell out $700 for two of these HomePod speakers, and then go, I'm happy with this, and not regret his decision, and and want to go get a, set up his own surround sound system anyway. That's the thing, no matter how, how much I look at this HomePod, it still looks way too expensive. By the way, for those of you who are, who don't have the capability at the moment to convert US dollars to... Other forms of currency, uh, they note here that it's 319 British pounds or 499 Australian dollars.
Like, really, the only people who are going to shell out $700 for two of these, pretty much exactly like Unjust Banana just said, are the San Francisco tech bros who are just 100% in to the Apple tech and just want two to brag that they have two. Here's going to be my philosophy on this. And it's going to stand 100% true. You never ever get first generation hardware of anything like this. The HomePod is still first generation. And in fact, the ability to pair two speakers together and have it blast in stereo is not even available yet. That's being software patched in later. Now, everyone still says that it's still a great speaker. It is still top-notch and still much better than the speakers in the Google Home or the Echo. To me, though, $350 is a lot of money. Just in my own personal view, I mean, $350, I could use that to get a switch so I have that content for streaming get a real audio mixer get I don't know put that towards fixing up my car a number of things I could shell it out on I just can't see any reason that anyone in at least in my point of view, shelling out 350 bucks for a speaker with Siri in it. I just can't justify that. It, to me, it doesn't matter how good the sound quality is. I would much rather shell out that 50 bucks towards anything else. Heck, 350 bucks? I didn't even pay that much for my streaming laptop. I mean, what? That that laptop I currently stream on, that was 250 bucks? Grant, well, if I include the RAM I put in, 280. The laptop over there, that was a fixer-upper, I've shelled out a grand total of 200 on that. 350 for a single speaker? I can't do it. Let's move on, though. Before people start thinking that I'm, I am getting a Switch right here, right now. When I absolutely do not have the available funds to do that. Absolutely not. I want to talk about the Twitch video producer that launched this past week. The video producer is a brand new interface on Twitch TV for content creators to upload videos. This also introduces the premiere feature that they talked about during TwitchCon. Premiere is the ability to take a video you upload and have it automatically broadcast on your channel at a certain time. This sounds great. Here's the problem, though. As far as I can tell right now, I've only had a... No, granted, I've only had three days to putz with it. But I cannot find the ability to just upload a video and have it in the archive. In addition, the ability for me to upload... Before, what I could do, alright, is... First off, I would do a stream. Alright, three, four hours, play my content, be funny, be happy, anger at the thing, throw a controller at the green screen, whatever. Whatever the heck I do during that time. I don't even know. I don't even remember what I did yesterday. Actually, I do remember what I did. Enough of that, though. Alright, then, while I'm streaming that, I'm also simultaneously recording that content in its purest form. No streaming glitches, no quality loss because 
something happened with my internet connection, no drop frames. The pure video as recorded is also stored on my computer. To which then, when I have the chance, usually the next day, it's then uploaded onto Twitch. It has, during the upload, a thumbnail attached to it, which usually says, like, Eagle Streams, whatever. Part, whatever part that would be. And I can automatically put it into a collection, a playlist of sorts. Video producer has taken away the ability to A, just upload and have a video be up on your channel to just be played on demand. It has taken that away. It has taken away the ability to just schedule it to appear as a video on demand. It has taken away the ability to automatically add the video to a playlist. In fact, any video you upload, you have to have to dedicate time on your channel with the Premiere system for it to be played quote-unquote live. Alright? It has... Any content you upload, you have to play it as a Premiere. Now, I've done this now twice. I've now posted two videos and they've both now played as premieres. One on Thursday and one yesterday, which was Friday. Both times, I've gotten reports about very strange graphical glitches. And these aren't quality loss glitches. You kind of know what those are. It's usually just like pixelatedness, dropped frames, that sort of stuff. Those are normally the sort of errors you get with a bad network connection. These are rendering glitches. Glitches like dis- like a distorted face or the video just suddenly only being in black and green. Or a smaller version of the video being superimposed on the on the bigger video. They're very obviously render glitches. Which is impressive because I already did the rendering. OBS did all of the rendering when it recorded the video. I don't, I, I, I'm very curious to know how these errors are even happening. Because what should be happening is Twitch gets my rendered video, which is just recorded footage. All they have to do is just hook it up to my channel and play it. My channel, if you're not aware, is on Twitch. So it's just Twitch connecting to Twitch and playing a video. That's it. There should be no render bugs. None! It blows me away from a technical standpoint. I'm actually very curious as to how it's happening. Now, I wouldn't gripe nearly as much about this if it was a brand new feature, if Twitch never did this before. The thing is, is that they already had a feature like this. It's called a VODcast. 
where you are able to take uploaded video and just play them in, su- in succession. All you have to do is just press a button and it would start it. That runs smoother than Premiere's. And I don't know if this is... I don't know whose fault this is. I don't know if this is leadership from Amazon, because for whatever reason, Amazon, although they run a lot, they don't run things very well. If you don't know what I'm talking about there, I actually do encourage you to look up Whole Foods food shortages. Apparently there's been major problems with keeping Whole Foods stocked with food ever since Amazon took over. Which, I I, I don't know what that could mean or not mean. Here's where I come down, though. It's clear the video producer is not ready. It's just not. Not in the least. Simple testing could have told you that. Talking to your partners, your Twitch partners, could have told you it's not ready. Several Twitch partners have confirmed to me that they get pretty much a little bit of coaching from Twitch staff when they ask for advice, but that's about it. Just having some of the partners being able to opt into this beta and testing it there and taking that feedback could have instantly told them that this thing was not ready. For a website that talks about putting its creators first, the Twitch video producer system as it currently is, is proof. Without a shadow of a doubt, proof. That Twitch is not listening to its producers, to its content creators, at all. Aoshaw says in the chat that they might have expected it to be fine since they knew vodcasts worked. Except if they use the exact same engine as the vodcasts, you wouldn't have these problems. It's clear because there is some sort of rendering going on that it's a different engine. Because if it was the same as the Vodcast engine, you wouldn't have this problem at all. Something else is going on here. And of course, I'm not within Twitch. I'm just a Twitch affiliate. I pretty much I pretty much only get the same emails that they send out on the blog. And by the sound of it, I get about the same amount of contact from Twitch as the partners do. (sighs) I'm still going to be tweaking around with this. Because, I mean, I have to now. In order to put out my my content in its purest form, I'm going to have to keep using Premiere. And there's a good chance that it counts as a stream and therefore hurts my average. Because pre-recorded video does not draw in the views like live interactive video. Finally, for the last burb of the day. The Last Bird is always the story that is the oddest, the strangest that I have, the most out of the blue. 
And it's a product today. The ASRock X299 ITX AC motherboard. Why is this noteworthy? Because it's an ITX motherboard, which means that it's super, super tiny. And the fact that it's an X299 chipset on it. The X299 chipset, if you're unaware, is a... (laughs) It's the high-end Intel chipset. This is the chipset that is designed for the i9 processors. The super high-end 12, 24, whatever the heck it's up to now. Whatever crazy number of cores the enthusiast level is up to. It's for that platform. But let's go over its list of features real quick. It has three M2 ports on this thing, on daughter boards. As in small motherboards that stick vertically on the horizontal motherboard. It has three M2 slots in that. The chipset is also on a daughter board. It has the full... (laughs) Whatever the heck huge pin count it is. I think it's like... I think it's 2056... Is the is the socket on it? <laughs> Which the socket itself is a third the size of the motherboard itself. Six SATA ports on it. Built-in Wi-Fi. Four SODIM slots. That's the RAM-sized lamp. That's the laptop-sized RAM. For those of you who don't know, a full-size PCI Express 16X graphic card slot, a built-in dedicated audio card, dual gigabit Ethernet, and more. There's only one downside. I, I actually before I even get to the downside, I have to correct unjust banana. There is no Intel graphics on this motherboard. The X299 chipset does not support integrated graphic cards. And the X299 compatible CPUs do not have integrated graphic cards on the chips. Those chips are exclusively CPUs only. You will have to have a dedicated GPU. The only downside to this be- this pint-sized behemoth is that it is a $400 motherboard. And that's a little bit more expensive than the average X299 chipset board. Those usually average around $300. So you are paying a premium to have so much power packed in such a small space. But if you're looking for a candidate for packing the most amount of computing power in the smallest space... This little monster definitely takes the cake. And if you're looking to build a computer the size of an Xbox with 10 times the gaming horsepower of an Xbox, whether it be the Xbox One or the Xbox One X or the One Dot or the Xbox One XD or whatever the heck it is, this is definitely the board. And I will definitely down the road be working on a build for this board. For making it the most powerful little monster that it possibly can be. That's going to do it for me today, guys. Thank you so much for listening to, to me today. 
Thunderplant says Threadripper is the better buy. Yes and no. It, it all depends on your use case. Anyway, that's it for me, guys. Take care. I'll see you next week. We're going to be focusing more on custom builds on the budget. We'll see you then.